Part 12 of Ingersoll on Walt Whitman from the works of Robert G. Ingersoll. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by William Jones, Benita Springs, Florida. Ingersoll on Walt Whitman, Part 12, Old Age. Walt Whitman is not only the poet of childhood, of youth, of manhood, but above all of old age. He has not been soured by slander or petrified by prejudice. Neither calumny nor flattery has made him vengeful or arrogant. Now, sitting by the fireside in the winter of life, his jocund heart still beating in his breast, he is just as brave and calm and kind as in his manhood's proudest days, when roses blossomed in his cheeks. He has taken life's seven steps. Now, as the gamester might say, on velvet he is enjoying old age, expanded, broad, with the haughty breadth of the universe. Old age flowing free with a delicious nearby freedom of death, old age superbly rising, welcoming the ineffable aggregation of dying days. He is taking the loftiest look at last, and before he goes he utters thank, quote, for health, the midday sun, the impalpable air, for life, mere life, for precious ever-lingering memories, of you, my mother dear, you, father, you, brothers, sisters, friends, for all my days, not those of peace alone, the days of war the same, for gentle words, caresses, gifts from foreign lands, for shelter, wine, and meat, for sweet appreciation, you distant, dim, unknown, or young or old, countless, unspecified readers beloved, we never met, and ne'er shall meet, and yet our souls embrace long, close, and long. For beings, groups, love, deeds, words, books, for colors, forms, for all the brave, strong men, devoted, hardy men, who've forward sprung in freedom's help, all years, all lands. For braver, stronger, more devoted men, a special laurel, ere I go, to life's war's chosen ones. The cannoneers of song and thought, the great artillerists, the foremost leaders, captains of the soul. End quote. It is a great thing to preach philosophy, for greater to live it. The highest philosophy accepts the inevitable with a smile, and greets it as though it were desired. To be satisfied. This is wealth, success. The real philosopher knows that everything has happened that could have happened. Consequently, he accepts. He is glad that he has lived, glad that he has had his moment on the stage. In this spirit, Whitman has accepted life. Quote, I shall go forth, I shall traverse the states a while, but I cannot tell whither or how long. Perhaps soon, some day or night, while I am singing, my voice will suddenly cease. O oh, book, O oh, chance, must all then amount to but this? Must we barely arrive at this beginning of us? And yet it is enough, O oh soul. O oh soul, we have positively appeared. 
That is enough. End quote. Yes, Walt Whitman has appeared. He has his place upon the stage. The drama is not ended. His voice is still heard. He is the poet of democracy of all people. He is the poet of the body and the soul. He has sounded the note of individuality. He has given the password primeval. He is the poet of humanity, of intellectual hospitality. He has voiced the aspirations of America, and above all, he is the poet of love and death. How grandly, how bravely has he given his thought, and how superb is his farewell, his leave-taking. After the supper and talk, after the day is done, as a friend from friends his final withdrawal prolonging, good-bye, and good-bye with emotional lips repeating. So hard for his hand to release those hands, no more will they meet, no more for communion of sorrow and joy, of old and young. A far-stretching journey awaits him to return no more. Shunning, postponing severance, seeking to ward off the last word ever so little, even at the exit door turning, charges superfluous, calling back, even as he descends the steps. Something to eke out a minute additional, the shadows of nightfall deepening, farewells, messages lessening, dimmer the fourth gore's visage and form, soon to be lost for I in the darkness, loath, oh so loath to depart. Close quote. And is this all? Will the fourth gore be lost and forever? Is death the end? Over the grave bends love sobbing, and by her side stands hope and whispers, We shall meet again. Before all life is death, and after all death is life. The falling leaf, touched with the hectic flush that testifies of autumn's death, is, in a subtler sense, a prophecy of spring. Walt Whitman has dreamed great dreams told great truths, and uttered sublime thoughts. He has held aloft the torch, and bravely led the way. As you read the marvelous book, or the person called Leaves of Grass, you feel the freedom of the antique world. You hear the voices of the morning, of the first great singers, voices elemental as those of sea and storm. The horizon enlarges, the heavens grow ample, limitations are forgotten, the realization of the will, the accomplishment of the ideal, seem to be within your power. Obstructions become petty and disappear. The chains and bars are broken, and the distinctions of caste are lost. The soul is in the open air, under the blue and stars, the flag of nature. Creeds, theories, and philosophies ask to be examined, contradicted and reconstructed. Prejudices disappear, superstitions vanish, and custom abdicates. The sacred places become highways, duties and desires clasp hands and become comrades and friends. Authority drops the scepter, the priest the mitre, and the purple falls from kings. The inanimate becomes articulate, 
the meanest and humblest things utter speech and the dumb and the voiceless burst into song a feeling of independence takes possession of the soul the body expands the blood flows full and free superiors vanish flattery is a lost art and life becomes rich royal and superb the world becomes a personal possession and the oceans the continents and the constellations belong to you you are the centre everything radiates from you and in your veins beats and throbs the pulse of all life you become a rover careless and free you wander by the shores of all seas and hear the eternal psalm you feel the silence of the wide forest and stand beneath the intertwined and overarching boughs entranced with symphonies of wind and woods you are borne on the tides of eager and swift rivers hear the rush and roar of cataracts as they fall beneath the seven-hued arch and watch the eagles as they circling soar you traverse gorges dark and dim and climb the scarred and threatening cliffs you stand in orchards where the blossoms fall like snow where the birds nest and sing and painted moths make aimless journeys through the happy air you live the lives of those who till the earth and walk amid the perfumed fields hear the reaper's song and feel the breadth and scope of earth and sky you are in the great cities in the midst of multitudes of the endless processions you are on the wide plains the prairies with hunter and trapper with savage and pioneer and you feel the soft grass yielding under your feet you sail in many ships and breathe the free air of the sea you travel many roads and countless paths you visit palaces and prisons hospitals and courts you pity kings and convicts and your sympathy goes out to all the suffering and insane the oppressed and enslaved and even to the infamous you hear the din of labor all the sounds of factory field and forest of all tools instruments and machines you become familiar with men and women of all employment trades and professions with birth and burial with wedding feast and funeral chant you see the cloud and flame of war and you enjoy the ineffable perfect days of peace in this one book in these wondrous leaves of grass you find hints and suggestions touches and fragments of all there is of life that lies between the babe whose rounded cheeks dimple beneath his mother's laughing loving eyes and the old man snow-crowned who with a smile extends his hand to death we have met to-night to honor ourselves by honoring the author of leaves of grass end of part twelve old age end of ingersoll on walt whitman from the works of robert g ingersoll volume three lecture five titled liberty in literature a testimony to walt whitman